Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream, where we continue the conversation from Sunday's message at Catalyst Christian Church. Join myself, John Kelly, and Donovan Gregory right now as we take the message a little deeper and a little more personal. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream. It's our first time being on in a while. And what you couldn't see behind the scenes right now was that I started brewing a cup of coffee at about the time we started the timer. <laughs> and as the clock hit four seconds, the coffee got done and I was able to get over here and sit down. So uh, with me today, if you notice, it's not the normal person that's with me. It's it because he doesn't work here anymore. He, he decided to go to Atlanta church. Rob Harlemert left us. But because of him going to plant that church, we were able to hire Donovan Gregory as our new youth minister here. So Donovan, welcome to your first lunchtime live stream. You know, I'm much I'm a much cooler person than Rob, so I feel like it's a much better <laughs> addition with me here than him. So there you go. There you go. We'll go with that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on that, but that, that fine. We'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> so uh, real quick, just a um, couple of real quick announcements for church stuff here. Um, we're gonna be having the initial meeting for our 2021 Honduras mission trip after church uh, on September 26th. That is, uh, we'll be meeting right after church upstairs in the media loft for that. There's also a meeting for the Jamaica mission trip going on on the 26th, and that's going to be in the basement following the service. Both are fantastic trips. Both are going to be absolutely incredible. Kevin Mink is leading the Honduras trip, and I'm leading the one to Jamaica. Uh, it's just going to be, they're just going to be two really awesome trips. So make sure if you haven't already uh, planned to be in one of those, take a look at those, show up to those meetings and see what you think. Um if you're interested in joining a community group, we just started those back up this week. Uh, my group met last night, Donovan, and we had like almost 20 people in it. That's like, crazy. It was you started with nobody. You started from the ground up this year, didn't you? Yeah, we. Uh, I've been in the same group for over 10 years, and uh, it kind of grew to a certain to a pretty large group. And and uh, Dave was like, "We need to start new groups," and so I said, "Okay, well." I'll take a group. I'll do one. And so uh, we started a new group and we had two people besides Rhea and I a few weeks ago. And now we have like 10 or 12 adults and like a thousand kids. It's That's like, crazy. and they're all like between three and eight or something. It's crazy. It's loud is what you're saying. Oh man. Yeah. But it's fun. We, we, we had a blast. That's so awesome. speaking of having a blast, if, uh, if you're somebody who is, um, who just likes to hang out with people from the church and you want to hang out with a bunch of people from the church, as my camera just shot off for some reason, don't know why. Um, come on over to Mono's Coffee on Tuesday mornings. There's a group of us that meets there every Tuesday just to kind of hang out and fellowship. Uh, we usually get there right when it opens at seven o'clock. And if that's too early for you, come a little bit later. Uh, Dave is usually there working on sermon stuff. Donovan shows up. Uh, a lot of the Elevate crew shows up a lot of times too. Uh, speaking of Elevate, if you want to find out more about our church plant, Elevate. Uh, Christian Church, go over to elevatelex.church and uh, check them out. They're an awesome church and we're super excited about them. Uh, looks like we got a few comments already. <laughs> Rob Harlemert, first comment. <laughs> no shot, man. He says, you're not as cool as he is, which is nah, fantastic. He's jealous. <laughs> and, and Renee, she made it. Uh, Renee is actually next door with the homeschool group right now. So, Kids are probably eating lunch or taking naps or something, so she's got a chance to uh, to get on here with us, which is cool. And Ringo, oh man, Ringo, I've missed you, buddy. It's good to see you on here. You have a blessed day as well. Um, so we just started a brand new series, Culture War. 
here at the church, fighting the culture war, understanding that we have a, uh, it's literally a war that's going on in our world right now where uh, people are in the midst of craziness, like stuff that you wouldn't have thought was real or things that would be happening in the world are now just part of our everyday life. And uh, this week's message was entitled The Spirit of the Age and Disengagement. And the main thing was feeling overwhelmed leads to disengagement, but Jesus calls us to stand firm. Um, Donovan, we were talking about this earlier. When you first, you said when you first read this, you were a little, con- you, you weren't sure what to think about it, but then you kind of thought more about it. What was, what is you, what did you get from this main thing? Yeah, I was a little confused when I first read it over, um, but I just, the feeling of overwhelmed often for me is just, I, I break down and I just stop doing almost anything um so the fact that jesus calls us to stand firm is is the opposite of, of how i feel when i get overwhelmed um it's kind of a hard juxtaposition but it's something that needs to happen when we're overwhelmed we have to uh call on jesus to help us stand firm in in our overwhelmedness i like that word overwhelmedness <laughs> thanks that's a good word that's a good word i like it well i would also go as far as to say i think this is a countercultural idea because yeah. in the world we live in, we're kind of taught that when you feel overwhelmed, you should disconnect. Like when you're with friends who are trying to uh, make you better or disagree with you, well, you shouldn't spend time with them because they don't yeah. agree with you. Um, if you're in a marriage where uh, you can't get along or, or things are getting tough, well, you should split up. You know, it just seems like we're, we're in a very escapist culture where um, escaping getting away, disengaging is kind of the go-to, but that's kind of the opposite of what, what Christ teaches us in that we need to outlast. Mm-hmm. We need to stick around. We need to, uh, to not disappear. And uh, I think that's very countercultural, which is interesting. That's the very, that's the main thing today. Cause it's, it's a very countercultural main things. I think it goes against what today's culture says. Um, he said there was a three part strategy of the spirit of this age and uh, for those of you who are here on Sunday, um, Dave was kind of on fire on Sunday, I thought. He really nailed it with a lot of this. And so this is going to be fun to talk about. But what I would like to know is um, for you guys, when you read that main thing, let me bring it back up real quick. Um, what were your feelings on this? Renee Basham says, if you're too busy, you should use Sundays to sleep in. Yeah, that's that's a big one. A lot of people do that. Instead of doing it on Saturdays, like why not sleep in on Saturday? You know, it's the day right after work, you know? So I don't know, but that's a great comment. Um, But when you read the main thing, what, what are some thoughts that you guys have um, when you read that? Like, are you someone who tends to disengage? Do you tend to say, well, uh, I I, I don't want to deal with the struggle. I don't want to deal with the stress. And you just kind of pull out. Um, Leave some comments about that because we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, while that's going on, let's let's go ahead and talk about this three-part strategy of the spirit of this age. Uh, the very first thing he says is change the definition of evil and good. Um, what do you think about that? What what Donovan? When you read that, what is that saying? Um, it's just kind of everything that as a, as a as a Christian we know to be good or things that we should do um that kind of show a christ-like life they they try and switch it and make it um 
not necessarily look evil, but it looks bad. It looks so like the homosexuality part. Um, they try and say that Christians hate homosexuals, but in all reality, Christians don't hate homosexuals. They just don't agree with it. They love the person who is said homosexual, but um, they try and make that the evil, the evil look good, just like it says there. They're just trying to make it look like um, if you accept those things, you're you're a holy saint, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that. I this is something I think a lot of us forget too. Like, um, and I'd love to get everybody's opinions on this when we put this up. But Satan is the king of evil. He is evil personified, right? There's mm-hmm. there's no good in Satan. Period. He's he's pure evil, and people think that that Satan's trying to win. But I'm going to throw this up here. I'm going to say Satan already knows he's lost. Like he knows he he has no chance against God. He's been defeated already. And I would say that what Satan's trying to do is he's just trying to bring as many people down with him as he can. Yeah, you don't want to lose alone. Yeah, it's yeah. I, he doesn't want to be alone in his misery, and he wants to make as many people miserable as possible. And when you think about that, that is so opposite of God. You know, it's so opposite of, of God. God, God will win. God knows he will win. Satan knows he's lost. And so Satan's really kind of in this position where uh, I'm just going to make everybody as miserable as I possibly can and try and ruin their lives in the process and ruin, more importantly, their eternity. Yeah. Um, Dave used this scripture from Isaiah. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This was something you and I were talking about before this. And have you, have you ever been that, have you ever gone to a restaurant and you ordered a sweet tea or an unsweet tea and you got the opposite? Yeah. It's not, or you, yeah. Or or you ordered tea and you got soda or you ordered soda and you got tea or you ordered tea and you got coffee. Um, when it's not what you're expecting, it's like this shock to the system and it throws you off. Mm -hmm. And what, what Satan has done is slowly over time built this up. He didn't do this quickly. It wasn't like overnight, suddenly everybody in the world loves homosexuals, you know, or homosexuality. I should say everybody loves homosexuality. It's the best thing ever. It's very chic. Um, It wasn't like that. It was over time, slowly building on it. And when something is vastly different from what is good we notice it right away, but when over time a little of it creeps in, eventually it takes over and it becomes the good. And what was once good then becomes the evil. Yeah. And uh, Dave talked about that a lot on Sunday. Uh, let's see, we got a comment here Dr. Pepper, and you get Diet Coke. <laughs> My girl loves Dr. Pepper. Oh, you know what's funny is uh, yesterday Donovan and I went to Skyline Chili for lunch. <laughs> And I had a diet Dr. Pepper. Um, and before you get on the whole, oh, if you're eating Skyline, why are you eating Dr. Why are you getting diet Dr. Pepper? I don't want sugar. That's it. That's all it is. Just I don't want sugar. So, so stay off my back. Okay, people? Let's not be like that. Um, no, but I, I ended up getting regular Dr. Pepper when I ordered diet Dr. Pepper. And when I got back, I just kind of looked at Donovan and kind of held it there. I was like, I can't drink this. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, so... That's a great, that's a great one. Um, 
but I think we, we talked about like the frog in the in the frying pan concept mm -hmm. of you know frogs the way their bodies work is that they heat up and cool down depending on the weather they're in. What was the frog you were talking about yesterday? Oh, um, there's a frog that lives in northern Canada slash Antarctica. Um, I learned it watching this documentary about um, Earth at night, and it so it, whenever it sleeps, especially in the winter season. Uh, it'll slowly freeze and as the sun comes up it'll thaw and that's how it sleeps but if it doesn't thaw on time it'll die it'll freeze to death and it's so funny because that's so much like what we're dealing with right now mm -hmm. you know it really is <laughs> Jen and presley diet coke yuck <laughs> uh renee has a great comment here it's a slow fade when black and white turn to gray the thoughts invade choices where a price to be paid when you give yourself away oh yeah it's casting crown song people never crumble in a day that's the truth and that's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, if you look at that frog you were talking about, yeah, um, they slowly freeze overnight, and if they don't thaw out, they're done. Mm -hmm. And I think the saddest part about what's going on in our world is that the reason why it's been allowed to happen is because Christians have, for the most part, remained silent. You know, we've just kind of been okay with it. Let's just let it go. It's no big deal. God's, you know, Dave did that yeah. whole thing. About God is in control. You know, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, see, Ringo says, who remembers when Michael Jackson came out with a bad album, with the bad album? The joke was being bad is good and being good was bad. I was just thinking about this while watching the sermon this morning. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's, we're in this weird place, like this really weird place <clears throat> where we've kind of withdrawn, like we've taken the whole thing. Do not be of this world. Yeah. But the problem is we are supposed to be in the world. We're supposed to engage with the world. We're just yeah. not supposed to be of it. And I think that has allowed the definition of good and evil to kind of seep in. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think going back to what you were talking about with Dave, what he said on Sunday about how, um, I mean, Christians used to always say and, and believe that God was in control. Um, but the devil is the one who rules earth, essentially. He is... Uh, the prince of the earth, and he he's in control here on earth. Um, and I mean, for me as a Christian, I didn't really understand or realize that until I was probably a freshman, sophomore in high school. And when you think that God is the ruler of this earth, and you look at how earth is and all the tragedies that happen, you're like, wow, do I really want to be a part of a God who lets this happen? But in reality, it's it's the opposite. The, the, the Satan is the one who's you know causing these tragedies, and God is in heaven in his kingdom. And he's um, taking care of us up, up there. But we, if, as Christians, we were, you know, always taught and thought that God was in control. So let's just not do anything, essentially. Um, and again, that's how that stuff kind of seeped in over time. Yeah, there's that, that passiveness that sometimes we allow ourselves to be as Christians. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just, just want to be peaceful, loving. But at the same time, it's like, but if something's wrong... We can't just let that slide. Yeah. And I think that's been the problem over the years. We just let sin slide. Even in the, excuse me, even in the church, we've let sin slide at times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real dangerous place to be in. Mm -hmm. So the second thing that Dave talked about was that it diminishes God's glory by deception. Um, and the scripture that he used for that was that, uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Um, basically, you know, something we, you and I talked about. Um, 
we're at that point now where uh, as Christians, if we disagree with something, then we hate them. Mm-hmm. You know, that not that we say that, but that's what the world t- tends to say. Yeah. Um, and you brought up homosexuality earlier. That's a big one um, because we disagree with the homosexual lifestyle. It's it's like all of a sudden we hate everybody. Yeah. And, and that's not hate. I disagree. I don't agree with your clothing choices all the time, Donovan, but that doesn't mean I hate you. I mean, I look good. so. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably don't agree with mine. Yeah. You know? I definitely I, don't agree with your favorite sport. Yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, you and Kibler with that soccer stuff, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you're an LSU fan, so. That's right. We went I, a lot. Didn't this past Saturday, but we typically do. Um, but no, like, I, we've, we've turned disagreement into hate. Yeah. And somehow that has, that's not allowed people to actually see how good God is through the church. Mm hmm. Because they have a preconceived notion that the church is full of people that hate. Mm-hmm. Because that's what society is saying now. And so instead of seeing the glory of God, instead they're seeing a group of people that hate. Mm-hmm. A group of people that don't believe. This is my favorite one. That don't believe in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard that multiple times. That, that the church doesn't believe in love because they won't allow people to love who they want to love. Yeah. And... uh I mean, you think about this, man, like it's a slippery slope when you just let people love who they think they love. Cause what happens when some dude starts loving his pet Fido, you know, or some, some yeah. guy falls in love with a four-year-old girl, yeah. you know, like wh- where does it stop? You know, that, that's the biggest thing. And it's like when there are no limits to what's okay, then there's, there's no limits to the depravity we're going to see based out of that. And I think, to me, that's the most scary part of all of it. And raising kids in this is kind of intimidating, to be honest. How about you? Are you excited about raising kids one day? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so that's just for everybody, just so everybody knows, Donovan Donovan has been here since June. Um, oh, this is a good one. I hear this. I hear this a lot in meetings. Yeah. Um, but Donovan has been here since June. And when we started the lunchtime live streams last year with myself and Rob, Rob had been here five years. Uh, he had already done a midweek podcast with me. He had gone to Bible college and he'd been teaching for all that time in his youth group. Donovan's never been to Bible college, although he's studying stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan's only been a youth minister two months. <laughs> he's never done a podcast. Um, this is all new to him. So if he seems a little bad in the headlights, that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. He's already doing great so far. So, so, uh, just giving you some props, man. Thanks, man. Jumping in there, making it happen. Just making it happen. Um, here's another one that Dave talked about. Overwhelm and discourage God's people with evil. So they disengage. What was he talking about with this whole thing? Um, I feel like this is talking about how, like, we are shown things that are clearly that we disagree with or are or, or evil or, or however you want to word it and, it, and it overwhelms us as a Christian. We're like, well, we're said to send out and try and get all these people to save and bring to God's kingdom, but we can't, you know, do it by ourselves with and look at all these people who are 
acting on this evil thing or whatever. And so it causes us to be overwhelmed as Christians. Like we're not good enough, essentially, in my opinion, um, that, that we tend to disengage and pull away from that whole side of making disciples and trying to bring people to Christ. Cause we're like, that's a big task to ask for us sometimes. Yeah. And I would say too, a lot of times, um, for Christians, we get into situations where there's evil happening around us or somebody we yeah. love is heading down the wrong path. And we're so worried about them uh, rejecting us yeah. for trying to show them, hey, there's a better way to do this, that we just tend to like put our hands up and back off. Yeah. We and I would love to say I've never sure. done that. Yeah. I would love to say I've never done that, but I know I have. Um, I mean, what about you guys online? Like, is this something you've experienced where you're, you're overwhelmed and you're really discouraged by a situation you're in. Mm-hmm. And instead of like engaging that and trying to make it a better situation, did you back off or did you engage? How did it go? Um, I'd love to hear, hear how that's gone for you guys. Uh, looks like Renee Basham says, uh, like, er, like me earlier, I said, I was getting, I was setting boundaries. But some people set those in inappropriate ways. We get so busy, we miss church. We're so busy, we don't read the Bible. We take those things out instead of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. I think Dave nailed that a little bit on Sunday too. And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, that's definitely something that, that can happen pretty easily. Donovan, have you ever experienced that? I mean, definitely, especially in high school and middle school. Um, I played soccer year-round, so if – if there was anything that were to go, usually it was, you know, engaging in a Christian community like youth group or um, reading the Bible so I could play video games with my friends and stay up till 2 a.m. rather than read my Bible and get a good night's sleep or something like that. Usually those were the first things to go. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, I mean, you were a teenager back then, but as adults, priorities are so huge. Yeah. Like your kids will figure out really quick what's most important. Uh, if you if you don't make church and Christ and family mo- most important in your in in your home, chances are they're not going to be most important to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you if you're not going to make living a holy life something that matters and try to live out a holy life as a parent, mm-hmm. there's a good chance your kids aren't going to do it either. Yeah, um, we have a huge responsibility in that area. Um, as a youth minister for you, you don't have kids, but you have a room full of kids that you minister to. <laughs> yeah. You know? And they're looking to you for guidance and leadership. And they're looking to you to be that, that face for them mm-hmm. that lets them know it is possible to be a Christian in the world. And, uh, I would be lying if I didn't say we all kind of get overwhelmed sometimes yeah. and we get discouraged by situations. What do you think are the most discouraging situations that, that really make it hard for people? Um, I feel like, especially if, uh, like a family member or someone you, you grew up with and you've spent a lot of time with is involved in said situation that makes it probably very overwhelming because you want to try and, you know, show that you love them, um, cause they're your family or you grew up with them or whatever. Um, so you kind of try and beat around the bush and it leads to, um, overwhelmness cause you don't really know how to bring up the conversation or start a conversation, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, family's always the hardest. It's always the hardest being a preacher's kid. You know, I've yeah, got, 
I know. I've got a brother and a sister, you know, who, uh, um, they're luckily they're in church now and everything, but there was a time when they Mm -hmm. weren't and I didn't know how to talk to them. I would love to say, yeah, I, I sat down and got on them and made sure that they were, but I didn't, I didn't know how to talk to them without it becoming a fight. And I think that's the other thing is when you, the people you love the most are the people you tend to fight with the most. And so that, that sometimes can become a, an issue as well to where we don't want to engage, but the truth is we need to, we need to. Um, Renee said, kids are annoying little mirrors to yourself. Yep. That's, that is truth. That is a hundred percent truth. Um, so Dave continued on in this thing and, and he talked about those being the, the three-part strategy, change the definition of evil and good, um, diminish God's glory by deception and overwhelm and discourage God's people with evil. So they disengage. That's the plan. That's how Satan is going in and, and just kind of messing everything up, I guess you could say. So the goal of the spirit of this age is discouragement and disengagement. That's the goal. Um, when you're dis, when you're discouraged and you're disengaged, I mean, nothing's going to happen for one, you know, and it's just going to allow things to continue. Dave actually is on right now. He says, I think people see the world situation and what seems to be inevitable march towards secularism, atheism, etc., And people just quit. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I, I agree with that a lot. Um, but if you read the Bible, we're in what is called a battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, we're calling it culture war. We're not calling it culture slumber party. You know, it's like we're, yeah. this is, it's, it's a war. It's an actual war. Uh, Ringo says, my mom would live the Christian lifestyle, church, Sunday school, and choir. This has been a foundation for my faith. And see, okay, he, Ringo's a great example of this, okay, of what we were talking about earlier. Um, I don't know how well you know Ringo, Donovan. I know you were in high school there for a while, but then you were gone in college and stuff. And yeah. So, but uh, Ringo, uh went through some really rough times in his life, but that foundation of faith that his mom laid down brought him back to the church, mm-hmm. brought him back to faith. And there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for parents laying a foundation of faith with their kids so that they can grow from that, build from that, and eventually come back to that faith. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave says, if Satan can get the army to leave the battlefield without fighting, he wins. 100%. 100%. Um, he says, uh, the things that people disengage from, there were three things that we talked about that people actively disengage from. And the first one was they disengage from what they love. Mm-hmm. And I think Renee hit on this earlier. I'm going to see if I can find her comment and pull it back up. Let me talk about this comment a little bit. Um, right here. Setting boundaries. But some people set those in inappropriate ways. We get so busy we miss church or so busy we don't read the Bible. We take those things out instead of others. And that's true. I mean, what do you think about that, that comment? Uh, Renee's comment? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that uh, people, they might love church or enjoy going to church, but they find um, their happiness in other things. And they, they take those out for, they take church and reading the Bible out because they don't, they don't think it brings them that much happiness, that much joy to do those things. And they'd you know, rather do other things. Yeah, and I think what happens is your your heart changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like try and be a married couple that lives in different countries. 
on the opposite ends of the earth and you get to talk to each other on the phone once a week. Yeah. That separation is going to cause separation in the relationship and it's going to cause that love to wane. Mm -hmm. You know, it's communication and physical presence are so valuable when it comes to relationship. And when you separate yourself from the things that you love, eventually that love begins to wane and it stops being love. It just becomes fondness or care. And we're not in this for fondness and caring. We're in this for love. Like we love the church. We love God. We love Christ. We we love what the Holy spirit does in our lives. And Mm -hmm. when we disengage, when we become discouraged and we disengage Mm -hmm. uh, that love wanes. I think you've seen it a lot with COVID. I, I know there's been a lot of people, not not as many people here at Catalyst necessarily, but I know a lot of people that have left the church. Big C, I, one of the C's is backwards, but if they're both, one of them's forward for me. Um, but the Big C Church, you know, the Big C Church, the people have left in droves because they went home and they realized their lives didn't change a whole lot. Yeah. You know, because they realized maybe that love that they thought they had for the church wasn't as big as it was. Maybe, maybe that church service was the only time of the week where they did anything holy. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't separation between that and the rest of their lives. And they realized they just liked the rest of their lives better. Yeah. And they didn't come back. Um, but that goes right into the next one from their community. You know, when, when you pull away from your community, how, I mean, how have you seen this happen, Donovan? I've just, um, I mean, we love community here at church and it's one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of is the community that is built up at this church. We're all kind of friends with each other. Um, new people, old people, you know, rich, all the the poor, poor, the rich, the whatever. We're all friends with each other. We all talk to each other. But um, at places where there aren't community, when COVID happened and we couldn't meet, um, you kind of lose that that accountability factor of having being a part of a community because you can ignore texts, you can ignore phone calls, but if you see each other every day in person or every Sunday in person, it's kind of ignore, it's hard to ignore each other. Um, so when we weren't able to meet in a community, people just, you know, stopped feeling the need to go and ignored other people. And then it, and then it takes a toll on you mentally too. If you're not, a, if you're not around people, you, you become sad and depressed and lonely and, and you don't know how to deal with that. And then that leads to more issues as well. I would agree with that 100%. Uh, Dave said many people will say, now nah, I'll just sit here and be miserable. Declining invitations to go out yeah. with people they like. Intentionally missing things they're invited to and would enjoy. Stop doing things that make them feel alive. Yeah, I would say when you separate from your community, you stop living life and you start, start existing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think existing is living. I, I don't think it is. Um, but many people are satisfied with that these days. They're they're okay with that. Um, just existing, yeah. Just just existing, you know, like just staying in their houses and not yeah. getting out and doing things. Um, people who just won't attend church live, you, you know. Um, some people they're doing it because of of genuine health issues and concerns, yeah. but some people just aren't coming. They're like, I'd just rather sleep in bed late yeah. and then watch it from my TV. Not because that not not for any legitimate reason, but just because they just don't want to have to get up and put any effort into it, and that is dangerous. Like you think about that when it comes to, <laughs> we're talking about God, right? Like yeah. 
the creator of the universe, you know, the one who can speak things into being and into oblivion both. And you're not willing to get up, take a shower, get dressed, and go spend time with a bunch of people you love. Heck, man, you don't even have to take a shower, honestly. Yeah, you could smell bad. I don't care. Yeah. I can hardly smell anyways because of COVID, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you can smell awful. Can I tell you something, though, on a side note? Sure. Not being able to smell is awesome when you have to change diapers. Yeah, you don't get to smell the poop. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic. <laughs> that has been one glorious thing, and yeah. uh, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But uh, – but it's just it's just amazing how we're willing to be lazy. Mm. You know, we're willing to uh just stay at home. I mean, I I don't think people realize how necessary community is in the life of a human being. I don't think people understand that. Yeah. When I when I so like you said, I went off to college. I went off to college for about a semester of school and played soccer and ended up breaking my foot and having to come home. But that first three months that I was home was some of the most miserable time of my life. Cause I was sad cause my soccer career ended, but, um, I went to work and I went home and that's about it. That's all I did. And then I went to church on Sunday and if I didn't, you know, have parents who loved me and made me get up in the morning and go to church on Sunday, I, who knows what would have happened, but because I, I was had the accountability of my parents at least, I was able to form this community that I now have at church um, with all my friends who are now elevate sadly, but I'm making new friends. But yeah. again, it, it's that a whole accountability of people around you that love you, that, that make you um, do things that you don't think you want to do, but you really do want to do it deep down inside. Like I loved going to church and I enjoyed my Sundays with my friends here. But when I went home, I was eh, sad and alone and bored. Yeah. I, Honestly, man, that is such a huge thing. It, you, There's an innate desire and need for every human being to be in community with people, mm -hmm. like actual people, live people, in your presence people. Mm -hmm. And people can say all the time, well, you can get online and you can have a community to an extent. I mean, yeah. you can to an extent, but at some point, I mean, you don't have a face. You don't have like presence and it's real easy to get out of those relationships. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, it's easy to get out of an online friendship because you don't really know each other. I mean, you know each other, but you don't. Just start ignoring each other. And yeah, you just kind of disappear. Gone. Just don't yeah. log back in. You know, I mean, that's it. Yeah. And it's super easy. But when you're in the presence of people who you spend time with and you care about, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And not just for you, but the people who love you. Mm -hmm. So that if you disappear, they want to find out what's going on with you and they're going to check on you. Exactly. If someone's online and their only connection with you is through an app or a game or something like that, they can't get a hold of you. Yeah. Like once you're done, like once you're out, you're just out. Um, there's a need for that. Um, Elevate, you brought up Elevate. Elevate started because of community. Mm -hmm. It started really out of a community group. Rob was our youth minister and we challenged him to plant a church. And who did he go to to plant the church with? His, his friends. Yeah, yeah his, his friends, friends in the community group. And and that community group actually split the two groups after a while. Mm -hmm. And most of both of those groups are now at that church. And they've got Ringo, who is excited because now he knows he doesn't have to take a shower anymore. <laughs> so, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, community is such a huge part. And then it comes to this last one. And I think when those other two are gone, 
you're separated and disengaged from God's work in the world. Mm-hmm. If you're not in community, if you're not doing what you love, you aren't going to do God's work. Yeah. And that's where it gets scary. Like that was always the challenge last year, even though we aren't meeting live. Are you still making disciples? Are you still engaging with people in godly conversations? Are you, are you pouring into your children each week, each day? You know, what is your prayer life like? What are you doing to continue the work of the gospel, even though you're not here on Sundays? And I think this is the part that's discouraging is most people, and I'm not going to say all people because you can't do that with anything, mm-hmm. but most people who aren't engaged in weekly meeting in church tend to not do God's work. Yep. I mean, what I'm doing a lot of talking right now. Why don't, why don't you tell me what you think about hey, that? It's okay. I don't know. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the world, so. But I mean, I agree with you as if you're not actively engaged, A, how are you going to know what is going to be needed in the world um, besides through what you your lens of the world? But also, how are you going to make those happens? Because you can't do things by yourself. We can't go do, you know, we can't go, uh, you know, we can disciple people by ourselves, but we can't really go out into the world and do kingdom work by ourselves. Right. Right. No, you're in on that 100 percent. Well, also, you know, it's the whole thing of when you separate yourself from what you love, your love wanes. So mm-hmm. why would you yeah. put forth effort to continue pushing something that you don't really love all that much? Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. Why put effort into it if you don't want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be uh, that's an issue for people. That's hard. That's really hard. Um, I know with uh being in ministry now for holy cow, dude, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> Twenty five years this year. Like I just crossed the. I just realized September crossed me over twenty five years <laughs> in ministry as as a as a minister in a church. And uh, man, that's crazy. But in twenty five years, I have yet to see someone who is not actively involved in the in the the body. Yeah, do great things for the gospel. Yeah. I have yet to see it and um, people can fight me on it. It doesn't mean there's nobody that's ever done it, but all I'm saying is I've never seen it personally. Anytime I see common. someone pull away. Yeah. It's not common. Yeah. Anytime I see people pull away, that's what happens. <laughs> Somebody yeah. just said he's old. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. Um, Dave yeah. says Christian self quarantine, staying away from the work of the kingdom and Satan destroys the gospel in one generation. Yeah. Man, that is so true. I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, he and his wife are powerful believers in the gospel. They're young. They, uh, they're highly involved in the church. They host, a, uh, I think they call them life groups at their church. Um, just incredible people. Absolutely incredible people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently that was my wife that said that. So, so, so my wife, my wife's the one that said I'm old. I mean, Thanks, not wrong. So yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a cradle robber. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're such my friends are such strong believers, but they don't plan on having any kids. And yeah. I'm just gonna say this, and it's not. Don't take it for anything more than an opinion of a 47 year old guy sitting here talking with a dude who's barely in his 20s. Um, I want Christian families to have kids because Christian families who have kids who raise their kids in Christian families with Christian morals and beliefs we have a better chance 
of having more Christian people and more Christian beliefs being represented in this world. The problem is there's a lot more morons having kids than there are Christians these days. And, and so that means we have families where there's kids being raised up outside of the church completely with mm -hmm. no hope of ever being brought into the church. And so you're going to see that tide shifting over time. And there's something to be said for encouraging Christians to have kids and to foster and adopt and to raise up children in a way that teaches the Bible and teaches God's ways, God's ways, best ways. Um, you know, it's, I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah, I, you had to. I didn't use the actual voice, but, uh, but when we have to, like it, we, <laughs> we, we want people to, we want to spread Christianity throughout the world. One of the best ways yeah. we can do this is by raising up Christian adults mm -hmm. in our own homes. It's our job to raise up the next generation. Yeah. And we can't do that if we don't have kids coming from someone who doesn't have kids yet, but well, you're not I'm married. also not in that stage of my life. So yeah, well, you're not married. So if you were having kids right now, you probably wouldn't be our youth minister. Yes. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like, there's something to be said for, like what Dave said, we can't self-quarantine. Mm -hmm. We can't hide. We need to be light. It, you know, it says a light on a hill cannot be hidden. And the problem is we tend to put lampshades over all of our lights. So there's a little bit of light, mm. but not a ton of it. Yep. Like my wife, when I get up in the morning, if she's up before me, she's usually sitting in darkness. I don't know how she does it. I always tell her she's got cat eyes, but I have to have the room lit up. I need to yep. be able to see what's going on. I don't like dark rooms. I hate darkness. I but, hate dark uh, rooms too. The world we live in is just so dark and we need to have light in it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's our responsibility. But when we, we lose our love, then we back away from our community. Well, then at that point, you're probably not going to do the work of the Lord. Yeah. Um, Dave, a great culture war strategy would be to have tons of kids and disciple them like crazy. Absolutely. Uh, Ray Basham, I've had three. Let's let others have some now. <laughs> hey, you could be a Gregory and have five. So. That's true, man. Your parents did a great job. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm the best one so far, but. Yeah. Well, they had they had four times to screw up, and then the UK exactly. Away. So yeah. you know that works out. I hope none of them are watching this right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's we have a responsibility, and I think a lot of times we forget that. I think a lot of times we're into the mode of let's see what the church can do for me, let's see what God can do for mm -hmm. me, and we're not so much of what is my responsibility within the church and for God. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think what Dave said this past Sunday really hit on that. Um, it's important that we don't disengage with the world. Like I said, we're to be in the world, not of the world. The problem is we disengage so much. We're never in the world. We're only of the world. Yeah, we're not a part of the world at all. Yeah, 100%. Uh, see, here we go. Renee, I'll just help others have them. And she does a great job of that. She helped me and Rhea. She was our, she was our doula for both of our kids. It's awesome. And the first one was a normal birth. The second one, not so normal. Not so normal. And she was so helpful. And yeah. uh, we're very appreciative of Renee for the work she does, especially for some of the ladies she's doing that for. Cause there are a lot of women out there who don't have any support system and Renee is the support system for them. So big props for the work she does at Hope's Embrace. If you guys don't know anything about Hope's Embrace, uh, get a hold of Renee and ask her about it. She would love to let you know. And if you wanted to uh, 
help support that in any way possible, I am sure she would not have a problem with that. And uh, speaking of doing God's work, that's a good way you can help do that. Um, but yeah, I'm really, uh, I want to go back to the main thing real quick. Feeling overwhelmed leads to disengagement, but Jesus calls us to stand firm. Um, I think we all struggle with being overwhelmed at times, but we can't use that as an excuse for not doing what we're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, when I was in Bible college, we studied the full armor of God. And the one thing we noticed, there was nothing that protected your back. You had a breastplate, you had a helmet, you had a sword, you had a shield, you had boots, you had all these things, but you did not have anything on your back because God never intended for us to turn and run. He intended for us to stand and fight. And so uh, it's so important that uh, we make sure that we're doing that. Um, my wife just said, Renee is amazing. And she absolutely is. 100%. Yes, absolutely is. So, uh, Dom, do you have anything else you want to add for the rest of today? Um, yeah. So this stuck out. Dave said this in a message a few years ago. Um, but it stuck out to me, and it's been with me for since then. But uh, oftentimes, as Christians, we come to church with an empty bucket hoping to fill it up. Like, we come – no – the other way around yeah you're right no i'm right yeah empty bucket and hoping to fill it up when we really should become full and ready to praise and rejoice mm -hmm. um so i think that's a big part of the uh, issue as well too is 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 christians are have an empty bucket and they're trying to fill it up but they don't find the need to fill it up quote unquote anymore um through church yeah uh, well and i would say too you show me someone who hasn't read their Bible in a year or two, yeah. hasn't spent any time in prayer outside of meals um, or praying with their kids at night before they go to bed. Yeah. It's not spending real like deep time in prayer. Mm -hmm. And I will show you someone who's slowly separating themselves from the gospel, mm -hmm. slowly separating themselves from the church. And it's so important that we are on it ourselves that uh, it's got a big amen from Ringo. Um, <laughs> we uh, we've got to be on it. We've just got to stay on it. It's, it's like when you're trying to get healthy. You know, I weighed 305 pounds last year, Donovan. I mean, almost three of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're what, 112? Is that what you weigh right now? Uh, I think I'm 95. 95 pounds? Yeah. I yeah, think it was something 95. like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I weighed 305 pounds a year ago. And I had to do something because I was dying. I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I've had to do, I've had to work to lose weight. But if you're going to, if you're going to try and have a relationship with God, you, you have to work. You know, I always, when I was, uh, when I was single, I always heard people say, you got to work at marriage. You got to work at it. And, uh, I always thought that was dumb. I was like, well, if you love them, aren't you just going to be married to them? Like what's, what's the big yeah. deal. But now that I'm married, I know what they mean by that. Mm -hmm. Cause there are days when you're frustrated and you're angry about things or you didn't agree with something or, you know, whatever it is, you just, you just, you don't feel good. You know, yeah. they're just days where it doesn't go well. And you have to make a conscious choice that in spite of my problems, quote unquote, um, I'm still going to engage in this relationship and I'm still going to make this work. Mm -hmm. And your faith is the same thing. If you're not taking the time daily in prayer, taking the time daily and getting in scripture, your relationship is going to wane. And you're going to slowly move away from God. And you're going to find that temptation feels a little more intense. You're going to find that saying no to going to church on a Sunday morning is going to become a little easier. You're going to find that 
talking to other people about your faith becomes way harder than it was before mm -hmm. because you're not daily preparing yourself. And so if we're going to really truly engage in the world, then we got to be doing the pre-work when we're at home. Um, NFL players aren't amazing athletes if they don't work out during the week. Yep. That, that just, there's a lot of work that goes in. They only play for three hours on a Sunday, but they're working out 40 hours during the week. So, you know, just, uh, yeah. Always remember that the work isn't on Sunday. Sunday is the celebration of the work that we're doing. The real work happens during the week. Uh, Renee says, I was just telling someone yesterday that you can complain all you want, but if you want to see change, you have to choose it and work hard at it. Yeah. 100%. 100 percent uh you got anything else you want to share today donovan or no i mean i just really i faith is hard and it takes work like you said and you can't i mean if you don't put the work in then you're gonna you know feel the result of not putting the work in it's like anything if you don't work out or you don't eat healthy you're gonna gain weight and be unhealthy and you know die sooner probably but if you put the work in and you're hard and you study and you are pers persevere through the issues or whatnot, it's, it'll all work out in the end. A hundred percent agree with you, man. hundred percent agree with you. Well, that is it for this week's lunchtime live stream. It's glad. I'm just glad to be back on this. I'm just glad that we're doing this again. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do it over the summer cause there's a lot of times when we're gone, we're out of town or whatever. And uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be on here. There will be a couple of, uh, there will be a Thursday live stream coming up in a few weeks. Uh, the wife and I are going to be doing a little staycation, so I will not be around. Um, so we'll be doing that that week. And we may have a Friday one at some point. I got to talk to Donovan about that. But uh, we're going to be doing that. Shannon's glad that the live stream is back. We need you, Shannon. Not just your mac and cheese. Um, Even though it's delicious, and I love it's, it. It's very delicious. It's fantastic. And I ate, I had a big spoonful of it on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, too much, but, oh well. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, really thankful for you guys. And, uh, we're going to keep you updated on things that are going on in the church. Just real quick. If you weren't here when we started, uh, we're going to be having an initial meeting for the Honduras trip after the church service on the 26th. That's going to be right after church up in the media loft or what we call the control room for the tech. And then we're also having a meeting that day for anyone wanting to go on the Jamaica mission trip. And that's going to be in the basement. Uh, if you're wanting to go on both trips, um, go ahead and go to the Honduras trip meeting first, and then you can get in touch with me and I can give you all the information about Jamaica at another time. But if you're interested in just going to Jamaica, go to that meeting. If you're interested in just going to Honduras, go to that meeting. Uh, we will be partnering with Elevate on our Jamaica trip, which is really cool. Uh, we'll be having some Elevate people joining us for that, as well as another church up in Cincinnati that is going to be part of it with us too. So we're going to have a big fun group of people going down to Jamaica together. It's going to be an awesome trip. And I can't tell you guys how excited I'm to get back down there. Uh, COVID ruined our plans for missions in 2020. And so it is nice to be back on track and, and plan on making these trips happen. So for myself and Senor Donovan Gregory, you guys have a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday. And hopefully we'll see you all on Sunday. Take it easy. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Lunchtime live stream. If you'd like to watch the live stream as it's happening, go over to youtube.com slash catalystchristian and join in on the conversation every Wednesday at noon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Catalyst Lunchtime live stream.